Welcome to Man Overboard. Fitty ain't nothing but a number, yo. With your host, Language Barrow. Sponsored by the Wolfspack. America's by invitation only men's friendship, support, and networking group. Where the one become many and the many become one. Here they put the man back in human. Hello, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the latest episode of Man Overboard. Fitty ain't nothing but a number. Yo. <laughs> and so the way this thing works is we have a format to the show. Up first, we talk about graduate school and our progress. Then we talk about the dating scene, which for me is pretty scant, so that'll be pretty short. Next, we talk about any business ideals or projects that we're working on. We close it out with some words of wisdom and a little bit of funk music. And that's it. So buckle up and let's get this party started. Hello everyone, welcome to Man of a Boy Fitty, ain't nothing but a number, yo, with your host, Language Barrel. Today we're going to be deviating from the typical format of the show in that we are going to be talking about race and race relations in the U.S. This is going to be a three-part series. The first show we're going to talk about race relations, racism, and in the history of race in the U.S. Second show we're going to be talking about actual issues of racism and white privilege in the U.S. And lastly, we're going to focus on the solution to end race, uh, racism and to improve race relations in the U.S. Now, this is all done from my perspective, obviously, not yours. So buckle up and let's do this. Hater Nation, racism in America and the solutions to fix it. Before we can even get started on uh, solutions, we first need to understand the history and the nature of racism in America. One of the truths, one of the hard truths I've been able to um, ascertain from just my rudimentary study of American history is that it is very unlikely that there would be an America without slavery. Uh, having said that, we need to go back and look at the formation of the original 13 colonies or, um, quote-unquote, the Confederation of States. So at the time of the uh, Rep American Revolution, there were the original 13 colonies, and of the 13 colonies, all um, permitted some form of slavery, I think, with the exception of Vermont. Now, from a slavery versus free state perspective, I think there were eight states at the time of the, um, prior to the American Revolution that were considered slave states, and there were five states that were considered free states. So when we go back and look at history, we have to understand that these were the original 13 colonies of Great Britain under the monarchy. Uh, a few issues that led to the American Revolution were the Boston Massacre, uh, the Stamp Act uh, implemented by the British government in reference to taxes on letters, uh, the Boston 
tea party, uh, which all were in one form or another a rebellion against the taxation of the crown on the colonies without representation. Of the original founding fathers that signed the Declaration of Independence, uh, none of those were working guys. I mean, these were all wealthy people or uh, very well-educated people. And at the time of the revolution, uh, education was a luxury pretty much of the, uh, the wealthy or the well-to-do. Uh, this is why we're not going to get too deeply into it, but this is why um, the forefathers sought to build in the electoral colleges into the general election for president. Because they really had very little faith that the populace could, in effect, elect, elect a qualified president to run the United States. Now we want to really just look at well, why, uh, why was slavery uh, embedded into the fabric of the United States? Well, in order for the 13 uh, colonies to become a confederation of states, uh, the five free states needed the original eight slave states to agree to sign the Declaration of Independence. And without... Uh, the approval of slavery as it stood is no way those eight states were going to sign that article of confederation because the eight states at the time were doing quite well financially due, as you can imagine, uh, due to the labor uh, from uh, slaves and the export of cotton and tobacco. So in essence, it was a deal with the devil to get these eight states to come along with the five free states to re revolt against Great Britain for independent for an independent America. The breakdown of the states are as follows. At the time of the revolution, the eight slave states were Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, New York, Delaware, New Jersey, and Maryland. The five free states were Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire. And Vermont at the time was a republic and not considered a state. So here, here's the big problem as I see it. And I'm sure original forefathers saw this problem as well. And perhaps they were just hoping that future legislators or future individuals governing the country would be smart enough to find a way to remove slavery from the Constitution or to remove it as a viable form of governing in, uh, in the United States. But what we what we found here is an actual, this is the first case of kicking the can down the road where present lawmakers realize that either they are incapable or unwilling to deal with an issue at present. So they just put stop gaps in place so that future generations of legislators can uh, hopefully find a solution um, to this particular problem. Now, the main problem is that in, in a, in an organization or a society forming a new government whose principles are based solely on freedom and justice and fair play to actually legislate and build into the Constitution slavery, at some point uh, they knew this was going to be a problem. They knew, in fact, they were embedding a cancer into the Constitution. But due to expediency and the fact that of the 13 states at the time, 13 colonies, I'm sorry, at the time of the revolution, eight of them were designated as slave states, five free, but all at some point recognized some form of slavery. It's just that the eight states 
recognize it as a legal form of uh, commerce. And so once once you've done it, the question is, well, where do we go from here? Where do we, how do we reconcile the fact that we are free people in a free society seeking freedom and justice, but at the same time, a certain part of that society we are willing to subjugate and enslave um, for the benefit of the 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 greater uh, the greater good the greater society. So here's how you do it. Here's how you make that um, leap from freedom and justice to slavery and subjugation. You take that portion of society. You classify them via laws and legislation as three fifths of a person. Uh, you strip up their humanity and you make them chattel, property of the larger uh, civilization. Now, it is my contention that, that the forefathers knew that this was going to be an issue, but um, they felt there was little choice if they wanted to break away from Great Britain. So, the, in essence, they made a deal with the devil. And the problem is that by legislating slavery into the first the Articles of Confederation in the U.S. Constitution, it is here that you begin to make a mockery of all the things you hold sacred, all the values and standards you cherish and hold dear. The fact that you may or may not be aware of the calamity of which you've just undertaken does not make the end result any less destructive or any less impactful on the society of which you are attempting to create. You stand for, you are put laws in place to legislate against. And so every time you, um, you look at the flag for what it represents and look at the Constitution for repre- what it represents, you see an anathema of the practices that you put in place in in order to form this government. And this has been something that has followed the U.S. since its inception and and probably will will continue to follow the U.S. as long as as it exists. Uh, It was a legislation of slavery, which was in stark contrast to the values, customs, mores, and traditions that were to be used as the foundation for the establishment of the America, of America. The actions of legislated inequality, uh, the permission and establishment, promotion of unequal and unfair treatment, the creation of separate but equal laws, the establishment of equal practices, and the failure to enact same law, same treatment, and same justice for all American citizens, which led to the first major consequence of the legislation of slavery, which I believe was the Civil War, which surprisingly was more of an issue of economics than it was of morals, consequences, and attitudes of the American, um, of American society. So what's the takeaway? What is the purpose of looking at slavery as it relates to modern day society, race relations, racism, and inequality? The fact of the matter is that you are what you do. You are the way you live. You are the actions that you take more so than the words that you profess on a document or on a statute. Racism, inequality, and injustice are at the cornerstone, the bedrock of the very foundation of the nation of America. That's it for part one. In part two, we'll look at uh, racism, uh, social injustice, uh, quote-unquote white privilege as it relates to American society. 
We'll catch you on the next podcast. Until then, be safe. No! Man overboard, fitty ain't nothing but a number, yo. It's typical with the closing of a podcast. I'd like to leave you with a little words of wisdom. Frederick Douglass quotes about slavery. Knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, one day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. Oh.